Commission uh, meeting. Uh, let's go with the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Uh, start with the roll call. Uh, Sergeant Reynolds, I mean, the young blood. All right, Commissioner Walker. Here. Commissioner Benedicto. Here. Commissioner Yanez. Present. Commissioner Byrne. Here. Commissioner Yee. Here. Vice President Carter Overstone is in route, and President Elias is um, excused for the night. Uh, commissioners, you have a quorum. Also with us here tonight, we have Assistant Chief David Lazar for the San Francisco Police Department and Executive Director Paul Henderson from the Department of Police Accountability. Okay, let's go with item number one. At this time, the public is now welcome to address the commission for up to two minutes on items that do not appear on tonight's agenda but are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the police commission. Under police commission rules of order during public comment, neither police or DPA personnel nor commissioners are required to respond to questions by the public but may provide a brief response. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in either of the following ways. Email the secretary of the police commission at sfpd.commission at sfgov.org or written comments may be sent via U.S. Postal Service to the Public Safety Building located at 1245 3rd Street, San Francisco, California, 94158. If you would like to make public comment, please approach the podium. Is this on? Oh. Um, I'm here concerning my son, as always, um, who was murdered August 14, 2006. I haven't used ask for the overhead yet. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. This is my son, Aubrey Abercassa, who was murdered August 14, 2006. Today, his case isn't solved. I'm here to give the names of all the perpetrators of who murdered my son, Thomas, Hannibal Thomas, Paris Moffitt, Andrew Vadu, um, Jason Thompson, Anthony Hunter, Marcus, Maurice Carter. One of them is deceased. You have all the names of the perpetrators who murdered my son. What do we do about solving these unsolved homicides? I just met with a, can you take the overhead away? I just met with a, with a uh, victim impact panel today at Booker T for first responders and all of that. And I'm trying to get on their board, you know, to help other mothers and fathers like myself. Again, my son's case isn't solved. I'm all scrambled over the place today and I'm very emotional today because of that meeting. And it brings back memories, but I need to get involved concerning unsolved homicides. And what do we do about it? How do we find another way to solve these cases? What other way is there besides a $250,000 where no one's coming forth to handle our son's cases? And still, you know, we have our investigators. I haven't had, 
heard back from my investigator yet. Maybe someone can get in touch with him for me to see what they're, what they're doing right now. I just don't have the energy to do it anymore. Thank you. I'll be back. For members of the public that have any information regarding the murder of Aubrey Abacasa, you can call the anonymous 24-7 tip line at 415-575-4444. If there's any other public comment, please approach the podium. And commissioners, that is the end of public comment. Okay. Let's go to item number two, uh, Sergeant uh, Youngblood. Line item two, consent calendar, receive and file action. SFPD's firearm discharge review board report and in custody death report for fourth quarter 2022. I'll make a motion to receive and file the report. Second. Second. On the motion, Commissioner Walker? Yes. Commissioner Walker is yes. Commissioner Benedicto? Yes. Excuse me one second. For any members of the public that like to make public comment regarding line item two, please approach the podium. All right, seeing none, go back to the vote. Commissioner Walker, I'm sorry, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Walker is yes. Commissioner Benedicto? Yes. Commissioner Benedicto is yes. Commissioner Yanez? Yes. Commissioner Yanez is yes. Commissioner Byrne? Yes. Commissioner Byrne is yes. Commissioner Yee? Yes. Commissioner Yee is yes. You have five yeses. Thank you very much. Let's go to item number three, adoption of minutes. Line item three, adoption of minutes. Action for the meetings of February 1st, 8th, and 15th, 2023. Do we have public comments on item number three? And I just need a, I need a motion first. Oh, motion. Motion to adopt. Second. Members of the public that would like to make public comment regarding line item three, please approach the podium. And there are no public comment. On the motion, Commissioner Walker, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Walker is yes. Commissioner Benedicto? Yes. Commissioner Benedicto is yes. Commissioner Yanez? Yes. Commissioner Yanez is yes. Commissioner Byrne? Yes. Commissioner Byrne is yes. Commissioner Yee? Yes. Commissioner Yee is yes. You have five yeses. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go to item number four, Chief's Report. Line item four, Chief's Report, discussion, weekly crime trends and public safety concerns. Provide an overview of offenses, incidents, or events occurring in San Francisco having an impact on public safety. Commission discussion on unplanned events and activities the Chief describes will be limited to determining whether to counter for a future meeting. Assistant Chief Lazar. All right, good evening, Commissioners. Director Henderson, members of the public, members of the department, I'm Assistant Chief David Lazar. I'm filling in this evening for Chief Scott. I'd like to start out with this, uh, with tonight's Chief's report, and I'll start out with homicides. Uh, let you know that we have had seven homicides during this reporting period year to date, which is a 17% increase from six homicides from this time last year. Thankfully, we have a clearance rate of 100% in the homicide unit year to date and uh, doing very well there. We have to continue the work on that. Um, we've had no homicides, thankfully, during this, this rating period within the last, this review period within the last week. Our sexual assaults are down. We had 46 last year, year to date. We've had 26 year to date. It's a 43% decrease. Our aggravated assaults are staying about the same with 359 versus 353. And our gun violence is down by 4%. There's two shootings that I'd like to bring to your attention this evening that occurred within this last week. The first was on the 21st of February at 7.20 in the evening in McLaren Park in the Ingleside District, where an unknown subject approached the victim from behind and demanded their belongings. As the victim turned to face the subject, the subject shot the victim and fled. That, su that suspect was eventually taken into custody. 
We had a second shooting that happened within this last week on the 26th at 3.26 in the morning at the Ferry Building in the Central District where the subject attempted to take the victim's property at gunpoint. The subject then shot the victim and fled. The victim was transported. Um, actually, there was no arrest in this case. And I stand corrected. There was no arrest yet in the McLaren Park case either. So two shootings, no arrest. The third case, there was an arrest that I'd like to bring to your attention. There was a hate crime that happened near our headquarters on the 400 block of China Basin, where on the 22nd of February at 11.38 in the evening, um, an individual called another person a very derogatory name. Several times before striking the victim, multiple times with a cane, that person was in, un, placed under arrest by Southern Station officers. They did a great job there. The second arrest I want to tell you about uh, was in our attempt to arrest fentanyl sailor, sellers in the Tenderloin. Uh, one of our officers engaged in a foot pursuit. He hurt his ankle and foot in the process. Uh, thankfully, that suspect was taken into custody, so there was an arrest made there. And then the third and final incident I just want to share with you this evening is we've seen an uptick in burglaries in cannabis dispensaries. Once in a while, we start to see a trend where they're breaking in, they're getting in uh, one way or another. In this case, on the 26th, at about 12.46 in the morning, the cannabis dispensary on the 500 block of Brandon, they actually kidnapped the one of the employees brought him over to Oakland, brought him back, and then about five suspects accompanied the victim in uh, where a robbery took place inside the business. So I know we encourage our captains to be connected with cannabis dispensary owners, to have ongoing conversations about safety, and I'm gonna assure that, uh, ensure that we continue those conversations. Very important to keep up the relationship. Thankfully, overall, um, uh, overall, crime is staying about is staying steady. Property crime being down. Uh, unfortunately, violent crime is up by four percent. In terms of property crime, I just want to briefly mention that burglaries are are we're seeing a decline. We saw a decline in 2022 versus 2021. We're starting to see a continued de decline in burglaries, down eight percent, 850 reported burglaries year to date. Our auto thefts are on a 19 percent increase. So we're starting to see more auto thefts. And then theft in general is 16% down, even though we have been have been working with retail establishments and others to, to make more efficient our reporting of uh, organized retail theft, we still see that number down. All right, the other thing I'd like to share with you is we continue to see stunt driving take place in the middle of the night. We have a stunt driving response unit that does a good job overnight working to displace it, but we saw one in the mission at 24th and Mission on the 25th, and then we saw one on the 26th uh, at Broadway in the Embarcadero. In terms of enforcement, we're still continuing our operations in the Tenderloin, Operation Disruption. Very pleased to get positive feedback from the community in the last week or two about the work we're doing there. And then Cap Street, we're dealing with prostitution still, working closely with Supervisor Ronan's office uh, to deal, and the community to deal with what's happening out there uh, this evening, if uh, depending on what time the commission ends, I'll be at a coffee with a cop event on Cap Street at 9 o'clock tonight to meet and greet with the residents and to hear more of their concerns and talk about some of our strategies. So that's taking place tonight. Speaking of community engagement, uh, we have the Polar Plunge event where the chief and I and some command staff members will be jumping in San Francisco Bay. Very exciting to do that. <laughs> uh, you're more than welcome to join us, of course. And we do that. Uh, every year to raise money for Special Olympics. And uh, it, 
Yes, yes. <laughs> Director Henderson, hopefully you'll, we could jump in together. Uh, so we'll be doing that, and we enjoy doing that, and we enjoy raising money, and it's a great partnership between the department and other agencies and the Special Olympics. And I would like to conclude uh, with one item that I just really saved the best for last to really exemplify the work that the commission is doing and DPA and the department, the chief, our training. And that is, is that I have the opportunity, the chief and I have the opportunity to read captain's complimentary reports. This is where sergeants and lieutenants and captains write up reports on great police work that is performed in the field. And uh, our sergeants and lieutenants and captains are really good at recognizing our members. So the one I want to point out that I thought would be great to share with the commission and the public is that on the 24th of January, around midnight, there was a shot spotter activation. You know, we have the technology where we uh, hear gunshot detections, and it happened just right up the street on the 1500 block of Golden Gate. And so officers from the northern station responded to this location, and they found shell casings, and they found a suspect who had, was hiding behind, who was armed and hiding behind a vehicle. And what the officers decided to do is they decided to use their vehicles as a blockade. They decided to create time and distance. Uh, they started to work on de-escalation, negotiations. They took their time. Um, they had all the safety equipment that they needed. And eventually they talked the suspect into custody. And this one sentence I want to read to you that says, had the responding officers not applied the latest in department tactics for time and distance, de-escalation and planning, this very well could have resulted in an officer-involved shooting as a result of rushing to apprehend an armed suspect. So that just, to me, exemplifies the work that happens here, uh, that happens uh, by the leadership of our chief, uh, Assistant Chief, Acting Assistant Chief Flaherty and her team at the training division are all doing these things to change the way we do our work, and I thought I'd end with that. Thank you. Thank you for that report, A.C. Lazar. C could you just clarify what the outcome was of the two stunt driving incidents that you discussed? Yeah, so for the two stunt driving events, um, the first one at 24th and Mission was dispersed. We had the CHP helicopter assist us. We're very fortunate uh, periodically to have the helicopter. And... Um, what happens is we find that it starts up again. They made their way to the 4,700 block of mission, and then a few violators uh, were attached to the event, were stopped, and, but the, the rest of the group went to Richmond, California. So we have a unit that really does a lot of follow-up on investigations after the fact. So that's the first one. Uh, the second one was between 1.30 and 2 in the morning at Broadway and Embarcadero. Uh, officers responded, they dispersed the group, they left for the Bay Bridge, and they were, we prevented them from setting up in San Francisco again. Great, thanks so much. Thank you. Uh, Vice President Carter, do you want to take over as chair? Yes, I will, chair, I will yeah. gladly take over. I don't see anyone else in the queue. Um, so with that, Sergeant, could you take us to public comment, good. please? For members of the public that like to make public comment regarding line item four, the Chief's report, please approach the podium. Good evening again. Um, I was just listening to Chief Lazar saying that making, um, doing a fundraiser for the Special Olympics. 
And I was wondering about a fundraiser for unsolved homicides, to solve the unsolved homicides for mothers like myself and for families like myself. This boy didn't deserve to die. He died saving someone else's life. And someone pulled out a semi-automatic gun and shot my child. I don't care how many years it's been. It still hurts. The body keeps the score. Have you ever read that book? The body keeps the score? Well, I keep the score. My son is gone, and his sisters and siblings are hurting too. I come here every Wednesday. I need justice for my child. People think that I should be over this by now, but I'm not. I didn't raise, I didn't have this child for someone to kill him. He existed. I was a no-nonsense mom. I raised him well. He had a mother and a father living in a good neighborhood, and someone came up and took him from me. And I refused to let the system and people forget about my child. His name was Aubrey Abracasa. That's what I named him. I was at the schools. Even though I went from hurting to healing to helping. I'm helping other mothers, but I, the helper needs help. I still grieve for my son. He was full of life, full of life, and they took him from me. Commissioners, that is the end of public comment. I just wanted to respond quickly to Ms. Brown. Um, as always, I, you know, we appreciate you so much coming to our meetings and for speaking so passionately, not just about your own son, but all of the families um, who have been affected by un unsolved murders. I, we, you know, as you know, we did agendize the, the issue a few weeks ago, and I think, you know, I'll just, speaking for myself, I think a next step would be when the commission has um, a policy staff person on board, which should be very soon, I think tasking that person with the role of looking at other jurisdictions' approaches to rewards, um, as we heard at the presentation the last time, there are a lot of other ways to do this, and seeing if there's best practices elsewhere that we can adopt here so that people are more likely to seek out rewards. So I just want to let you know that we haven't forgotten about this issue, and it's something that's very much on our minds and hoping that we can continue to make progress. So thank you. Uh, next item, please, Sergeant. Line item five, DPA director's report discussion. Report on recent DPA activities and announcements. Commission discussion will be limited to determining whether to calendar any of the issues raised for a future commission meeting. Um, Executive Director Henderson. I wasn't turned on. My microphone was not turned on. Uh, 
we currently have uh, 265 cases that are pending. Uh, and of the cases that we have open right now, uh, there are 26 cases uh, whose investigations have gone beyond the nine month investigation period. Again, there's still time on the 3304 deadlines, which is a year. Of those cases, 17 of those cases are blocked. The statistics in terms of the enumerated cases uh, through the week are also can be found on the website, but I won't go through all of them. I will report uh, that there are still nine cases that are pending with the commission, and there are still 88 cases that are pending uh, with the departments, with the chief's office. And just to clarify, those 88 cases uh, are counted based on the Excel spreadsheet from the department uh, that are still awaiting a chief's hearing. Um, one of the concerns, though, that we have is in starting to toll the cases, and we will continue making them more clear moving forward. Uh, 28 of those cases are more than two years old that are awaiting re uh, a resolution. In terms of the cases that have come in this week into the department, 17% of them uh, have been, of the allegations from the public have been for allegations involving an officer failing to take required action, uh, and 12% of them uh, involved allegations regarding an officer uh, behaving or speaking inappropriately to the public. Again, the full breakdown of the full 100% uh, can be found on the website. Uh, in terms of the types of cases, they are also listed on the website in case people want to take a deeper dive into what kind of cases they are related to. We try to track as much of that stuff as possible and to make it uh, as transparent as we can. In terms of the allegations uh, by precinct, and again, I just report the top two. Uh, the top two allegations this week came from Tenderloin which had six allegations, uh, and Mission District, which had five allegations. The allegations from the Tenderloin involved uh, predominantly failure to take action uh, and inappropriate comments with the public. Uh, and in the Mission, the allegations involved uh, arresting uh, someone without cause, improperly issuing a citation, uh, and failure to respond to a domestic violence call. Again, these are allegations. The full breakdown of the allegations can be found on our website uh, regarding all of the allegations that have come in this week. In terms of outreach, uh, last week DPA hosted the CCOA. That's the California Coalition and Oversight Agencies, the organization founded at DPA. Uh, we had a two-day state conference to discuss perspectives and best practices on police reform throughout the state. Uh, the first day we had a keynote address, uh, a CLE training provided by DPA staff, Stephanie Wargo-Wilson and Jermaine Johnson, Jermaine Jones. I could be correcting a name. Oh, <laughs> but I caught it though. Uh, on the second day, uh, we provided uh, the CMCR training and collaboration with SFPD. So a big thank you to SFPD for that. This is the first time that an oversight agency has participated in the training. I think it goes a long way 
uh, and changed a lot of the perspectives for the folks to actually see what the training was and to understand better the day-to-day operations uh, of officers making decisions and then evaluating use of force circumstances. It really went a long way. And again, this is the first time that something like this has ever been provided. So I wanted to acknowledge uh, SFPD and the role that they played. Uh, Attendees really got a lot out of that training. I think it's gonna be helpful moving forward, uh, not just here from San Francisco, but throughout the rest of the state as well. Uh, The conference ended with a large open panel that was open to the public. Those speakers included uh, our own President Elias, uh, Chief Bill Scott, uh, and special special assistant to the Attorney General, who was represented as well by Damon Brown uh, and myself. It was a great conference, uh, and I was glad that so many folks came to be a part of it to learn and see some of the things that we're doing in San Francisco and to share their ideas throughout the rest of the states to develop best practices. Uh, moving forward, DPA will be presenting this week at the at the Hayes Valley Neighborhood Association. Uh, that's on Monday, March 6th at 6 p.m. Uh, this presentation is also open to the public in case people want to hear that presentation via Zoom and we'll provide attendees with the overview of DPA, its role, and how to contact DPA. It's basically our DPA 101. So for more information, you can visit uh, hayesvalleysf.org. Chief Attorney uh, Diana Rosenstein, Diana Rosenstein, participated in a panel discussion for the National Council of Jewish Women uh, about the national efforts approaching, approaching police reform. Uh, That panel was done uh, with uh, civil rights attorney John Burris and retired San Mateo chief of police Susan Manheimer. Uh, That was on February 27th uh, of this year. In terms of the audit, uh, DPA is preparing to send the draft of the next misconduct report on SFPD's electronic monitoring of communications uh, to SFPD for review. That'll be the final step the input for that review before it gets published with and through the commission. So we can expect that shortly. Uh, And there are no currently outstanding information requests related to the audit division. And again, I will continue to report on that as we move forward. From uh, our legal team, uh, we're seeing a disturbing uptick in the department denials of DPA's request uh, for two reasons that I think are really important. One, these are requests that have been previously provided routinely. And two, the focus is on the officer-involved shooting cases and our most serious cases. And so I will continue tracking that and reporting out on that as we move forward. I'm hoping that the ongoing conversations that I'm having directly with the chief are going to address that, but I'm raising the issue as a concern uh, and something that we're noticing in-house. Uh, We have no cases in closed session this evening. Uh, Also present in the audience today, in case there are issues that need to be addressed, uh, is Senior Investigator Bryn Bajan and Chief of Staff Sarah Hawkins. And I will reserve my comments to uh, issues, the rest of the issues as they come up on the agenda so as to address them in order. That concludes my presentation. Commissioner Benedicto. Thank you, Vice President Carter Oberstone. Uh, Director Henderson, could you give a little bit more detail about the requests, the, the denial of requests you've got from the department? And I'd also like to see if uh, Acting Chief Lazar has anything that he'd like to add on that. Or if it's not ripe yet for the commission. 
I don't know that it's ripe yet for the commission uh, for a, a public conversation about the actual cases, but like I said, my concerns were raised immediately because these were the types of requests that have been previously routinely presented to us, and uh, it's also that these are also the cases, uh, many of the cases that are involved, officer-involved shooting, some of our most serious uh, and urgent cases that we are working on. So. I'm hoping that this will be resolved sooner rather than later, but that's just where we are right now. Okay, that makes I, sense. I've we'll... been having conversations. Just, this is not the first time I'm raising it. These conversations had been going on with the chief as well directly. I just don't, you know, yeah. I don't know that Lazar knows specifically. Okay, that, that makes sense. If you could keep us Lazar posted. Then, yeah. <laughs> if you could keep us posted on that, if it needs to be agendized as a standalone item or if it should be, uh, but we, we'd like to... As a commission, I think we'd like to monitor that closely as well. Oh, don't you worry. You'll hear about it. <laughs> I'll have specifics and details. All right. Thank you, Director Henderson. Uh, seeing no one else in the queue, Sergeant, could you take us to public comment? Members of the public that would like to make public comment regarding line item 5, DPA Director's Report, please approach the podium. And there is no public comment. <clears throat> All right, next item, please. Line item six, commission reports, discussion, and possible action. Commission reports will be limited to brief description of activities and announcements. Commission discussion will be limited to determining whether to calendar any of the issues raised for a future commission meeting. Commission president's report, commissioner's reports, and commission announcements and scheduling of items identified for consideration at a future commission meeting. Commissioner Benedicto. Thank you, Vice President Carter Oberstone. Um, just a couple of quick things for my report. Um, I had the privilege of attending uh, the uh, Black History Month brunch that was put on in conjunction with SFPD and SF Safe to celebrate uh, the many black leaders that we have in our community. Um, ran into, um, I, I got to sit with uh, Assistant Chief Lazar, I got to see uh, Commissioner Yi. I saw Ms. Brown there as well, and it was. Uh, the, the first time that particular event has been held in the community and a, a, great, uh, a great community event there. Uh, last week, Commissioner Walker and I attended the Internal Affairs DPA training uh, for night shift officers, which I think uh, that was put on in conjunction by uh, DPA and uh, Internal Affairs. Um, and that was, I, I, I know, I think Commissioner Walker and I were both really glad we got to go to that. It was really helpful to see the um, questions officers asked and then being enlightened on the process and helping to dispel some of the misconceptions that might exist about the disciplinary process. So I, I thank um, IA and uh, DPA for putting on those trainings. Um, Commissioner Yanez and I had um, another productive session working on Department General Order 7.01, which governs the SFPD's procedures around juveniles. Uh, made a lot of progress on some sub substantive sections. We're hoping that uh, the working group process will wrap up in the spring and we'll go through the department, uh, the next stage of the development process and be before the com commission as soon as possible. Um, and we're making good progress there. I've also had good meetings with department staff on Department General Order 10.11, which is an update to our body, the SFPD body camera policy, and working groups for that are also starting in the spring. And that concludes my report. Commissioner Yanez. Thank you, Vice President. Carter Oberstone, welcome uh, AC Lazar, 
uh, Director Henderson, commissioners, and the community in general. Uh, my report has, uh, as Commissioner Benedicto says, we've been having a lot of, uh, making a lot of progress with the uh, juvenile DGO revision and at the request <coughs> and in uh, coordination with uh, Chief Scott, I've also had some additional conversations uh, with partners that uh, offer diversion services, the Community Assessment Referral Center, um, the uh, Sentinella organization in Los Angeles, which does a restorative justice pre-booking program. Uh, and that was a very, very um, informative and helpful conversation as we are uh, embarking on a process to, to develop additional capacity in diversion efforts, right? And the beauty about the program that they're offering in Los Angeles is that it's a pre-booking uh, diversion effort that is actually uh, run by the police department in conjunction with some community partners. So we will be having a joint commission uh, meeting at the request of the Juvenile Probation uh, Department Commission President Margaret Brodkin who reached out and we are scheduling the meeting for April 12th to talk about best practices and juvenile diversion uh, in general and how the probation department and the San Francisco Police Department can better coordinate efforts to ensure that we're on the same page. Uh, in addition to that, I did receive some uh, information from the city's attorney's office. Thank you very much, Alicia uh, Cabrera, for providing us a summary of uh, use of force settlements that the city has um, made in the last few years. And I do want to agendize this uh, for a future conversation. Um, I did request that that information be shared with the rest of the commissioners so that we could discuss um, how it is that the city um, and DPA and DPA, <laughs> of course, uh, how it is that we um, can uh, communicate to uh, our partners and to our community uh, the impacts that some of these settlements have on just policing in general and what it is that we can do to hopefully find a formula to improve um, uh, the to improve in general, <laughs> I think, in our department and not having to put ourselves in the position to have to enter into settlements with people who uh, make certain allegations. Thank you very much. Commissioner Yee. Thank you very much, uh, Vice President Carter Oberstone. Uh, just want to follow up on what uh, Commissioner Kevin Benedicto said. Um, was able to, uh, it was really um, enjoyable to join the Black History Month soulful um, Sunday brunch uh, given by uh, District Attorney Brooke Jenkins and uh, our Chief uh, William Scott. Uh, pretty much, it's, you know, you didn't see the officers in uniform, you didn't see the district attorneys in their suits and ties, and the community members out there is really a blissful Sunday brunch. I really enjoy it, including the Custer um, tart, Don Todd said that was out there, and all the good food and all the good people. I wish uh, we can have it. And it's the first in the, in the city here, and I hope to see many more that follow. It doesn't have to be always in Black History Month. It could be uh, every year, I mean, every day of the year. So thank you very much. Uh, that's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Walker. Thank you, uh, Vice President um, Carter Oberstone. Um, I have, um, 
we had a, a Zoom meeting the other day about 6.1, DGO 6.1 missing persons, and that's in the update process, so we'll be hearing about that soon. It's been a while since that's been updated, so uh, it's one of those on the long time list of, um, of um, looking at reforming them. Um, I also met with DPA the other day and um, uh, professional and technology who is working on a, um, an effort to standardize and automate maintaining camera and data. Um, also, um, it, it's an interesting process of automating all the cameras, especially the body warm cameras, but also um, streamlining getting it downloaded and tagged, uh, saving time, um, effort, etc. So we're going to be uh, setting up a meeting with whoever in the staff we need to to um, talk about technology. Um, there's an interest in moving this forward um, with someone who has a um, the patent on the the effort and can get grants and we can really do something that's sort of meaningful on the reform end of, of, of managing data in a better way. So especially around cameras, there's so much um, tension around cameras that it's really important to get it right, to get it very effective, efficient, and transparent. So I'm really excited about that. That's going to be a good thing. Um, ongoing meetings with, with folks in the, um, the community around mental health, um, and responses, both with homeless as well as housed folks. Um, you know, there's so much conversation in how our departments are working together, um, and there's so much need to work better together and to collaborate on these things. So um, there's that, and I think, I'm trying to think if, oh, I'm meeting with, ongoing meetings are scheduled both with the department as well as the folks still involved in the patrol specials to get an assessment. The, the, the city attorney is going to be meeting with me on those meetings um, with the, both the community as well as um, staff to sort of figure out where we are um, so that we're able to have an agenda item to discuss it and figure out if it's a good way of filling possible gaps. So I really appreciate the efforts and the communication going on about that. So that's my report. Thank you. Uh, great, thank you. Sergeant, could you take us to public comment, please? For members of the public to like make public comment regarding line on six, please approach the podium. <clears throat> and there is no public comment. Great, line item seven, please. Line item seven, SFPD's demonstration of the 30-day public portal discussion. Uh, commissioners, we have uh, Captain Dennis Toomer, Strategic Management, who's here to support our team from technology, our technology division that will provide the overview. So, thank you.
Uh, good evening, uh, President Elias, Vice President Carter Overstone, Commissioners, Acting Chief Lazar, Director Henderson, and of course, members of the public. My name is Andrew Bly, and I'm a civilian member of SFPD within the Technology Division. Tonight, I'll demonstrate the new process for collecting and responding to public comments regarding new Department General Orders, DGOs. The process consists of three main parts. One, a public-facing public web pages that allow anyone to read draft DGOs and submit comments within the 30 business day public comment period. Two, an internal system within which the police department and the Department of Police Accountability will read all public comments and compose a joint response to each. And three, the subsequent public release of all comments and their associated joint responses. <clears throat> Uh, the first part of the system begins here within SFPD's public-facing website. This page will contain a list of draft DGOs that are available for public comment. Clicking on them will bring up the document's full text, for example. Clicking on this link brings up the public comment form page. Below the explanations and descriptions is the form within which anyone may submit their comments. The DGOs available for public comment are listed in the drop down here. Users have the option of specifying which section of the DGO they're commenting upon. Uh, the uh, comments are typed in here. Their name, organization, and email address can be submitted here, although it is not necessary. And then upon completing the CAPTCHA and pressing submit, Um, the user receives a success page, success page that restates their submission and gives them a unique comment ID. Part two of the system involves a purely internal process whereby the police department and the Department of Police Accountability read each public comment, compose a joint response to each, and state whether the outcome of the comment will be included in the new draft DGO, partially included in the new draft DGO, or will not be included. The third and final part of the system takes place after each DGO comment period has ended and all public comments have been processed. A list of each comment and their response will be publicly posted and anyone who submitted a comment may check their individual response by looking it up using their unique comment ID. That is the system. Many thanks to the Commission, the DPA, my command staff, and to the public for allowing me to introduce this new DGO public comment system. I'll be happy to answer any technical questions I can for anything involving DGO 3.01 and policy development. I'll defer to Captain Toomer. Thank you very much.
Great, thank you so much for that presentation. Um, this uh, presentation brings back memories of DGO 9.01 slash 9.07 where our commission staff, I believe, manually updated every, uploaded rather, every uh, comment letter that we got to our website or email. So um, I know I'm not the, the only one that's excited about this uh, streamlined <laughs> uh, process and thanks for taking the time to present it. Thank you. Commissioner Benedicto. Yes, thank you. Um, quick question. At what point will, uh, I, I know the, the, the comments are put to the system and then they're looked at internally. Does internally include commissioners able to see them or do we have to wait? Like, uh, at what stage are commissioners able to see the public comments? Captain uh, Toomer. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, good evening. Captain uh, Toomer here. Um, Right now, the comments won't be available to anyone except for internal until until the 30 days are up. Um, that's our process as, as we as we know it now, and that's what we're anticipating. It would be internally to SFPD, and then after 30 days, then you'll see it as well. Okay, so under the current system, the commissioners wouldn't have access to them until after SFPD uh, until after the 30 days are up. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. That consistent with 2021 is. Okay. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, according to 3.01, we we have a joint response with DPA and, and the police department, and then we would send that back out to the to the public. There's no provision for the commission to see it prior to that. Okay, that's that's very helpful. Okay, thank you. Okay. Great. Thank you. I don't see any other questions. Um, thanks for the presentation. Sergeant, could we Thank go you. to uh, public comment, please? For members of the public that would like to make public comment regarding line item seven, please approach the podium. Okay. And there is no public comment. All right, item number eight, please. Line item eight, public comment on all matters pertaining to item 10 below closed session, including public comment on item nine, vote whether to hold item 10 in closed session. If you'd like to make public comment, please approach the podium. No, 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 it's public. Oh, sorry. All right, and there is no public comment. So, line item nine, vote on whether to hold item 10 in closed session, including vote on whether to assert the attorney-client privilege with regard to item 10A and 10B, San Francisco Administrative Code, section 67.10, action. Move to go into closed session. Second. On the motion, Commissioner Walker, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Walker is yes. Commissioner Benedicto? Yes. Commissioner Benedicto is yes. Commissioner Yanez? Yes. Commissioner Yanez is yes. Commissioner Byrne? Yes. Commissioner Byrne is yes. Commissioner Yee? Yes. Commissioner Yee is yes. Vice President Carter Overstone? Yes. Vice President Carter Overstone is yes. You have six yeses. And we will go into closed session. Hey, Max, I don't know if you're a sprinter or not, but yeah. SFGov TV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
All right, commissioners, we are back in open session and you still have a quorum. Sergeant, could we recall item number three, please? Recall line item three, yes. Line item three, adoption of minutes, action for the meeting of February 1st, 8th, and 15th, 2023. Commissioner Benedicto. Thank you, Vice President Carter Oberstone. Commis uh, my fellow commissioners, um, I noticed a, a small uh, oversight in our February 15th minutes that require a minor revision. Um, in our February 15th minutes on item 12A, uh, this commission voted unanimously to disclose some factual information uh, regarding the upcoming uh, negotiations between SFPD and the affected bargaining units that was uh, not uh, subject to the attorney-client privilege. Um, it was an oversight on my part. I neglected to go through and, and make sure that we included some of those details, in particular, the upcoming date of that meeting with the affected bargaining units. And so I'd like to make a motion uh, to rescind the approval of the February 15th minutes, and we'll bring that back up once we add that factual information, but to keep the approval of the February 1st and February 8th minutes. Is there a second? I'll second the motion. On the motion to rescind, Commissioner Walker, how do you vote? Uh, yes. Commissioner Walker is yes. Commissioner Benedicto? Yes. Commissioner Benedicto is yes. Commissioner Yanez? Yes. Commissioner Yanez is yes. Commissioner Byrne? Yes. Commissioner Byrne is yes. Commissioner Yee? Yes. Commissioner Yee is yes. And Vice President Carter Oberstone? Yes. Vice President Carter Oberstone is yes. You have six yeses. Thank you. Can we call? Oh, do we need, do we need to go to public comment again? Okay. Could you take us to public comment, please? If members of the public would like to make public comment regarding line, the recalling of line item three, please approach the podium. And there is no public comment. So, and one more time for the vote. Commissioner Walker, how do you vote? Yes. Walker, yes. Commissioner Benedicto? Yes. Commissioner Benedicto is yes. Commissioner Yanez? Yes. Commissioner Yanez is yes. Commissioner Byrne? Yes. Commissioner Byrne is yes. Commissioner Yee? Yes. Commissioner Yee is yes. And Vice President Carter Overstone? Yes. Vice President Carter Overstone, yes. You have six yeses. Item number 12, please, Sergeant. Oh, I'm sorry. Item number 11, Sergeant. My apologies. Line item 11. Vote on vote to elect whether to disclose any or all discussion on item 10 held in closed session, including a vote on whether to assert the attorney-client privilege with regards to items 10A and 10B, San Francisco Administrative Code Section 67.12A. Action. Motion to not disclose and assert the attorney-client privilege. Second. If members of the public would like to make a public comment regarding line item 11, please approach the podium. And there is no public comment on the motion. Commissioner Walker, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Walker is yes. Commissioner Benedicto? Yes. Commissioner Benedicto is yes. Commissioner Yanez? Yes. Commissioner Yanez is yes. Commissioner Byrne? Yes. Commissioner Byrne is yes. Commissioner Yee? Yes. Commissioner Yee is yes. Vice President Carter Overstone? Yes. Vice President Carter Overstone is yes. You have six yeses. Line item 12, adjournment. Thank you. I'll see you tomorrow.